Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Music. My name is Ian, and once again, we have on the Sinners line, who? Chit, it's Fred Durst. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to have you here, Mr. Durst. I'm excited to be here, man. No one gets this joke. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you do keep rolling, rolling, rolling. All the time, baby. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right, so who is it really? <laughs> it's, uh, it's James. It's Are you James. sure it's not Fred Durst? Are you sure? You know what? Sometimes I don't know, man. That is true. <laughs> if there were two <laughs> people that would be like, this might be Fred Durst. It would be Mr. James Bozinka. That is me. Although, if it means anything, I, this morning I was watching footage from Woodstock 99. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, does that count as our Limp Biscuit reference for the sure, show? Sure. Okay. Sure. Starting off early. For people that don't know, we don't often talk this much about Limp Biscuit, especially not at the beginning intro part of the show, <laughs> but I know James is in a good mood, so that must be the reason for it. Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been an interesting day, but I'm just happy to be here. So. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Well, look, this show will definitely not be as long as the last show was. Oh my god. <laughs> I did not realize that we broke the way over two hour mark. Yeah, dude, that was just Ian's insight just threw us off track. I can't help it, man. I got lots of insights. Yeah, me too. So we James and Ian, Ian's insight. Well, when you're ready for that, we'll move you up there. I'm not sure you're ready to have your own segment yet. <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't know if I am. Soon, though. Soon. You get to work on that bit. And we'll get sure. there. <laughs> sure. But even though we don't have you know, the crazy amount of stuff that we had last week, we do have stuff to get to, especially a lot of new music in album reviews. But we are going to begin right now with Scene News. All right, James, it is Scene News time. Not a whole lot going on in the scene, which is kind of weird because normally it seems like we've got a shit ton of stuff to go over. But this week seems... I don't know, man. I, I don't even know what to say. There's really not much here. Yeah, I looked at everything, like all the articles and stuff, and I thought that to myself as well. I was like, oh, this, there's not as much here as previous weeks. Yeah. So, But I, I thought the one really weird story, or the one with the most information, apparently, was the one just saying that Event Sevenfold aren't going to do anything this year. Yeah, says says kind of a lot about the kind of week it's been. Yeah. So. <laughs> Literally a story that they won't be doing anything. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. It's been a slow week. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so 
moving on from that one for sure. Well, at least talk about this. I thought this was kind of interesting. At the recent While She Sleeps show over in the UK, they're saying up to 100 phones were stolen. So this wasn't like there was a heist where it was like, hey, they're also selling cell phones at the same time. They're talking about literally stealing up to 100 cell phones from people at the concert itself. So while the concert was going on, up to 100 cell phones were stolen. Yeah, that's... I read that and I was like, man, I go to shows all the time. I have no idea like what I would do if my phone got stolen because personally, I have no sense of direction. So <laughs> my GPS <laughs> help, my GPS gets me everywhere. So right. like if somebody snatched my phone, I'd be like freaking out. Well, to be quite honest, I thought completely differently than what you thought, which was so I have been to shows overseas before, but it was back when your cell phone was like the most basic cell phone. So you really didn't uh-huh. have anything crazy. What I wonder, though, is, you know, we go to concerts all the time. You don't really hear about a mass of cell phones being stolen. And it's funny because a cell phone really is, it's worth so much. I mean, oh, not yeah. Only, yeah, not only is your whole life there, but really, if you think about it, you're carrying around probably a 600 to to $1,000 piece of equipment on your body at all times, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, just so much about who you are as a person is on that little device. For sure. So it's just interesting. What I was thinking was maybe we don't have as many, you know, mass dealings of phones here in the States because everyone has their fucking phone out and they're recording (laughs) the show that they're at. So I wonder if there's a different perception of concerts over there you know, in the UK or wherever, where maybe they're actually paying attention to the show that's going on and not their phone. Yeah, sure. I I know you've been to Europe. I know you've lived in Europe yeah. before, but I personally have not been overseas yet. Um, but from what I've read online is that people overseas, even like now, uh, they care. They want to see bands play longer. And they, I've heard like UK bands say that like, they like the shows in the U.S. because they're bigger, but they like the shows like over in Europe because the crowds go crazier. Right. And I've heard that from people I've talked to on the show as well. Because really, now I remember when I talked to Doyle, you know, from Misfits and from his own band Doyle, and I asked him about that, and he was like, oh, no, I mean, and I'm, I'm not even going to pretend to pretend to be him right now because I'd have to yeah. be very surly and <laughs> very angry. But what he said was, It's not that the places overseas don't get a lot of concerts because they do, but and and they definitely do, but they don't get the bands from here. That's the whole thing. And these are the biggest bands in the world besides like Bring Me the Horizon, right? Right. Yeah. But I think the dynamic there is different because I don't think that their phones are out the entire time. I don't think that that's the thing. I mean, you look at soccer games on TV and you don't see the crowd with their phone out when someone is right like i see phones from people that i know from the states they take lots of pictures but when you look at the the crowd right by where a throw in is taking place or something like that you don't often see people with their phones out yeah and i feel like maybe there's just cultural difference and i've definitely been guilty of this too cuz i you know sometimes i like to take videos that shows i've been trying to calm down with it uh, over time, but I'm like I said, I'm still guilty of it. I feel like people over in Europe care more about the experience in itself. Yeah, and 
Americans, uh, we care more about like people knowing that we're experiencing it. Exactly. Yep. So no, it's very true. And I take maybe one or two videos per show where I am, but I'm also in the back because I'm 6'5", so I'm not blocking Mm. anybody. I don't feel bad, but also I don't look through the phone while that's happening. I just hold it up to my side, and then I watch the show and experience it. So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, maybe in a way, I guess, it means that people aren't getting their phones stolen here. But also, yeah. the people in the UK and other places are probably enjoying their shows a hell of a lot more. Yeah. See, that's why I think when I'm in public, just in general, I have my hands in my pockets, uh, just like as a natural precaution. Sure. Yeah, you, um, you can tell people that on the show. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah, for, sure. it's not for any other reason. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I definitely don't think I would be, ever be get my phone stolen when I'm at shows just cause generally like, but like if I want to mosh cause once in a while when I'm not like terrified, I will mosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cause I've had bad, I've had bad experiences with moshing. Oh yeah. Know. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. but once in a while I will mosh, uh, I'll ask like a tr- somebody I trust to actually hold my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's a good idea. That's a good yeah. idea. Don't, I mean, it's a good thing you wouldn't ask like myself or Dave to do that because we would definitely do something to your phone. Yeah. <laughs> At least you have people you can trust. Right. That's the sure. big that's the big thing. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Look, I would rather take the chance of getting my phone stolen to not have to deal with all the douchebags having their phone up the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just gonna end up making some kind of a tether that you can put from your phone to your jeans. So Yeah. What else are you gonna do? At least that's pretty seen, right? Oh yeah. So all right. We're leaving that one alone. Now we're going on to another one. Randy Blythe of Lamb of God. Bly. Is, it's Randy Bly. Is it Bly? I always say it, Blythe, it's man. Bly. <laughs> is it really? Motherfucker. It's Bly. How, yeah. do you, how do you make all those letters not sound like anything? You know what? I don't know. I just know in interviews he says it's Randy Bly. All right. Well, he hasn't been on my show yet, so I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Fair enough. No, it's Rand- <laughs> Randy Bly. That's fine. All right. So Randy Bly is taking on the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm sure everyone know who, you know, everyone knows who Westboro Baptist is. I guess they're doing a rally in Virginia or something yeah. about so it's a it's a transgender woman who was, you know, legally voted in to office over there yeah. and they're going to be protesting. So Randy wants to get like a hundred people together with kazoos and drown them out. Now look, I, I get the publicity stunt. Like I get the reason for doing it. Like it's I I'm totally not against that. I just don't know why. Like I get the silliness of it as well. But if you want to drown them out, like why not just play your music? <laughs> See, <laughs> my mind did go there too. I was like, why don't they just put a bunch of amps out there and some generators and just Lamb of God will play a set? Yeah. But <laughs> um I don't know. I just know that Randy Bly is a very politically charged person. For sure. Like, he's calmed down over the years, but, I mean, he wrote two albums, basically, about how much he hates George Bush. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, he's a very politically charged person. Uh, person. So, this makes total sense why he would do this. Mm-hmm. And he's just a goofball of a human being. So, when I read this, I was like, this is hilarious, but it comes at no surprise. Yeah, I just don't know if even having a bunch of kazoos is enough to stop them. I mean, and for anyone that doesn't understand what they do, Westboro is just there 
to instigate so that people knock their teeth out and then they get to sue. Right. I just want to say as somebody, I know Ian's not really a religious dude. I am not. As somebody, as somebody that does believe in God, uh, Westboro Baptist is not a good representation of Christianity. I just want to put just want to put that out there. I would say that's an understatement, good sir. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure everybody knows that that's not <laughs> how you're supposed to act when you believe in God. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> also say that that's probably not true for sure. But yeah, it's it's the whole, like, Westboro, they're just like the trolls on the internet who talk a lot of shit. But if they saw someone 6'5 coming over to them, my name wouldn't be in their mouth anymore. That's what Westboro is. They're the little bitches who they sue if you do any physical harm to them. Right. Because yeah, they're looking I, for attention. Yeah, I I have no I have no comment on the Westboro Baptist Church just because they're they're just the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even talking about them doesn't give them any more press because they are so well known. Oh, but yeah. attention and money from lawsuits is what keeps them going. Yeah, I just yeah, I really don't have anything to say about this man. No, we'll see. I mean, it might have happened today. I didn't see any update on the story, so I don't know if it actually happened or not. But it maybe, did. It did. Okay. Maybe we'll have an update next week then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw something online of some pictures with Brandy Bly with a kazoo uh, in front of, you know, pro, uh, protest signs that I won't even repeat what they say because well, they're sure. so vulgar. Yeah. Um, let, let me guess. They said Limp Biscuit is a great band. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because they know they know good music. They do. If uh, if anyone knows good music, it's Westboro Baptist <laughs> Church. <laughs> Jesus, literally. Hey oh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it's uh, I'm sure it'll come out in the news somewhere. Yeah, it will. Uh, and yeah, we'll give we'll give an update if there's something we're talking about. Absolutely. And then really, this kind of have two more stories. One is that. One of my favorite bands, Scarlett O'Hara, announced after, man, I don't even know how many years, maybe even 10 years, maybe eight years, somewhere around there, they are doing their first tour since then. And it turns out they are coming close to me in New Hampshire. So it's still like an hour plus away, but I might actually be able to finally see Scarlett O'Hara live. I always forget all your New England states are so small because I'm used to like, Next state over being like at least two hours away. Yeah, I mean, New Hampshire from Boston, like people will live in New Hampshire and travel down for work. Mm. So, you know, it depends. If you're going like lengthwise across, like if I was going to go to Worcester or try and make my way to Connecticut to New York, then that is a much longer, you know, travel across Massachusetts. But New Hampshire's up, so it's not as long. Sure, sure. Yeah, but that's unrelated to the fact. Exactly, but, yeah. but it's whatever. <laughs> but I like Scarlett O'Hara. I think it's really cool that they're going out on such a big tour because, you know, they're from a little place in Texas. So I wasn't really expecting their first actual, like, I don't think they played live since the new album, like, before the new album came out. Then when the new album came out, I don't think they did any touring for that. I believe when they were on the show, we talked about that, that they were going to work on stuff. But this is the first thing I've seen. So they're coming out strong, going on this really long tour. Yeah, as somebody that is in the music industry and talks to people in the industry, sometimes shit takes a while. And that's 
really just how it goes. So I'm happy for these guys that they finally got things figured out. Me too. So hopefully I'll be able to talk about that at some point soon for sure. And then lastly, I think this actually happened today. There was the tour announcement for the 10-year anniversary of August Burns Red and the ah wow and the album Constellations. Hell yeah, baby. Now, they are not only obviously they're not going out by themselves, so their two openers are Silent Planet and Silverstein. Yeah, I was I mean Silent Planet makes sense cuz I know Garrett and Jake Lurs are friends. Mm-hmm. Silverstein was the one that I was like, "Oh, I mean that's cool. I just that was the one I wasn't expecting." Yeah, I mean, it's it's adding something a little bit different, but I'm sure yeah, they know yeah, each yeah. other really well too. Oh, sure. I I mean, they they came out around the same time. I mean, they started as bands around the same time. Right. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. And I mean, yeah. now I think this is funny because I was originally going to ask you if you were going to go. Did you see the schedule of dates? Literally the first day of the tour is <laughs> 45 minutes from me. Yep. So I got pretty lucky. Yeah. First day of so. the tour is Lancaster and second yep. day of the tour is Boston. And it's actually in yeah. Boston, which is That's crazy awesome. because normally concerts don't come into Boston anymore. So, yeah. No, I, I think I have to go. I mean, I've told people, I think people already know this, I am not a fan of August Burns Red. I respect sure. them. I think they're really, I think they're fucking talented, but I never connected to their music. But obviously, Silent Planet, obviously, Silverstein, all that's good. It's just I never connected to August Burns Red, but because they are the headliners, if I don't want to stay, I don't have to. Sure. I feel like for me, I always go and see ABR whenever I can, just because they're like the hometown heroes from where I'm from. Sure. They're like, uh, unless you count Poison, which I don't. Oh, uh, I do. Oh, they're yeah, They're the baby. big... They're <laughs> well, because Poison didn't find all their members out here. That They moved to LA and then completed the lineup, but right. three of the members are from here. But all five members of August Burns Red are from the Lancaster area, so right. they're like the hometown heroes of the area. Terrible, terrible area. But that's the side point. Yeah, it's, I mean, good music, but it's it's pretty boring. Yeah, so. yeah, it's awful. But anyways, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have our separate reviews of that show because we're going to have to go for sure. But Absolutely. really, man, that is the end of scene news. I can't believe it. Yeah, that was, wow, it was a lot quicker than I expected. Hey, we're not even 20 minutes in. Hey, let's go. <laughs> I was going to make a sex joke, but I was going to do that later. Oh, oh. that's too bad. <laughs> too bad. Well. Plenty of time for that later. We're going to get to a new, well, not a new segment. We're going to get to the segment that also has new in the title. It's time for new songs. New song time. I am going to say the name of the artist and the new song and then play you a snippet. Make sure you go out and support all these bands Look up their music, buy their music, pre-order their new album. We'll begin with Defeater, Mother's Sons.
Ringworm, Death Becomes My Voice. Low Life, Dead Weight. Chokehold 2.0 Betraying the Martyrs, Eternal Machine. Good Tiger. Such a kind stranger redux. Andy Black, the ghost of Ohio. Hardest waste of time. Death therapy feels like fiction. With all of these fears and failures deep inside of me, My Immortal Enemy, The Laughing Heart. Like 
right, James, everyone just heard snippets of brand new songs. Please tell me, what were your fanciest tracks? <laughs> fancy, fancy. Um, my favorite track of the week, uh, and this actually, it took a little bit to grow on me, but once it grew on me, I really enjoyed it, but it was the Death Therapy track with Garrett Russell. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and when I first listened to it, I was like, I mean, because like I said, I really like Jason Wisdom, and obviously mm-hmm. I like Garrett Russell, right? and I think they're both very talented musicians. Uh, but sometimes, even when I really love an artist, sometimes they will release a song that, upon first listen, I'm like, I can't immediately say that I love this. So okay. I have to go I have to go back and listen to it uh, a couple more times. But I definitely see what uh, Jason Wisdom was going with here. And I think any track with Garrett Russell Lowe's is just on point. So sure. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, I was just a fan at the end of the day and I'm really excited for the new album to come out. I think a month from tomorrow, April twelfth. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I agree. I thought he added a lot of different genres together into one yeah. track. And what Jason can always do really well is use electronics correctly. For sure. You know what I mean? It's not overwhelming. It fits where it's supposed to fit. And I've always liked what he's been able to what he's been able to pull off. And then of course having Garrett Russell in it obviously gives it that extra kick. So yeah, I think he's on the right track for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and like he's on Solid State Records, and so is Silent Planet, because Solid right. State is just like this one big family. Yeah, that's what I heard. Anything else? Uh, <laughs> dude, let's talk about this Andy Black track. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> talk about the love of my life, that's fine. <laughs> so, I'll continue off of something I said, I think it was last week, or rather two weeks ago. I, I do appreciate that Andy Black... Um, or Andy Biersack can do so many different like genres of music. Sure. Uh, this wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but I respected it because I did appreciate that Andy Biersack kept this separate from Black Veil Brides. Right. I don't think he's looking to change Black Veil Brides like that. I think he knows what their niche is, and he's going to stick with it. This is just him exploring all the other random shit that he enjoys. Yeah. What, what do you have to say about it? Yeah, I think for me, the thing about it is, yeah, it's not necessarily my style either. I liked the first single more than this one, but I like that he's telling a story. And I think that's the big oh. thing. I think that's missing from a lot of you know pop music and stuff is there's no story being told. He's telling a specific story, which I enjoy. Plus, he's just a showman anyways, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and finally, I guess... Uh, the other song that stood out to me and this may surprise some people i'm not sure but i actually did like the betraying the martyrs song uh i actually really like betraying the martyrs because they made my favorite of all time and i know you're not gonna agree with this i don't even know what (laughs) what yours is but they made my favorite of all time like punk goes pop like style track like it wasn't on an official punk goes pop but but they made like a punk goes pop version of let it go from frozen because I, the ori- the original, I fucking hate that song. Like that <laughs> that song can burn in hell. Well, everyone should, but it's tough <laughs> because it's frozen. So how's it gonna burn? Shut man? up! I knew you were gonna <laughs> say that. <laughs> oh man, no! But that original, I I mean, I've purposely never seen Frozen 
like the the movie because yeah. I just don't want to sit through that song. Oh, um, I, see. I can see that. But Betraying the Martyrs made a version, and I was like, this is sick. Look, it was very good of you to make up a different excuse other than you're not allowed within 50 feet of a theater that's playing Frozen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but <laughs> going back to this song in particular, nah, it's just the standard uh, Betraying the Martyrs sound, which sure. I like. And if you like that, if you like that. I like it. But that seemed weird that you were saying that to me that way. But yes, I do yeah. like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. man, I mean, I liked most of the stuff. I think the Defeater song was good. I think Ringworm was a little bit harder to get through. Yeah, that wasn't really my thing. Yeah, that was a little tougher. But I like the idea of mixing all the type of genres into one song. Yeah, yeah. But it was long as fuck and not in the good way. And I was like, I'm sorry, I I can't deal with this anymore. But I was fine with that. There were a couple other ones that weren't that bad. But I definitely did want to talk about Death Therapy, which we did. I also want to make a mention of Hartist. See, I always always feel like you have to go Hartist. When you talk about this band, but I really enjoy that was the track I had talked about last week on the show because they haven't had any new music out for a really long time. And this pretty much hit what their style is. So I was happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then last up, of course, I have to talk about this band because I love them so much. My Immortal Enemy, The Laughing Heart, the full track finally came out and man, it's so fucking good. That type of music is exactly down my alley. Yeah, that was my introduction to the band, and I was impressed. And that's the thing. If you like that style of music, then listen to I Am Ghost and Requiem, because Mm. that's the evolution to My Immortal Enemy. It's definitely not the same as those two bands, but it expands on it. So it's heavier some points, there's heavier screaming, but then there's a dichotomy of having a female lead vocalist with a male lead. Like, it all just works really, really well. It's that goth, post-hardcore, screamo-type sound, and I fucking love it. Yeah, that's actually my mom's favorite sound in the world, like the dynamic between like a male singer and a female singer. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's actually, I think that's my favorite too. And you don't get it that often, but when you do and it's done correctly... It's so fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So yeah, just everyone keep that on your on your radar. I don't know when Steven Giuliano is going to release it, you know, because mm. I'm pretty sure the full album is done. It's just they have to decide how they're going to put it out. But if any tracks are like that, they're going to have one of my favorite albums of the year. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, once again, this was actually a lot less new tracks than last week for sure. But it is what it is. So now, before going on to our favorite part of the show, I did go to a concert. So I say we go to concert reviews. All right, James, it is concert review time. Now, I don't actually talk about every single concert that I go to because that would be too much. But when there's a highlight, when there's something really cool happening, I do like to go over it a little bit. So the other night, I went to see basically the 20th anniversary of the band Thursday. Okay. Now, James, do you know Thursday? I, I know the day of the week Thursday. 
Oh, but... that was bad. <laughs> uh, no, the band, I, I know who the band Thursday is, but I am not familiar with their music, unfortunately. All right. You need to go back and okay. do your history and listen okay. to some Thursday because they are one of the most influential post-hardcore bands of all time. Okay. So a lot of you know your favorite bands, possibly a lot of my favorite bands, they are here because of what Thursday was able to do. So they went, they're doing their 20-year anniversary tour where they're going around and basically selling out every single place that they play where the first night they do their first full-length album, which is called Full Collapse. And then on the second night, they do their second full-length, War All the Time. Okay. So I did not get the first night tickets because they sold out in like three minutes. And then StubHub had them on for like two hundred dollars, and I was like, I I I love them, but I I can't do that. So mm-hmm. I did have the second night, which also sold out. So I got second night tickets, which was still really fucking good. And I think the point I want to make is, you don't have to be a young band to be able to kill it on stage because Thursday just showed bands like if other bands had been there to see what they did, they only got better with age. Wow, that's awesome. And that's crazy to think because they have a lot of screaming. They have a lot of intricate parts. They're playing an album that's telling a story, which is sometimes difficult. Like sometimes you wouldn't play certain songs because they might be slower. You know, it doesn't technically fit the mood, but they were able to go through it all and do really, really well. Jeff still has a great voice. They still got it. And I would say I don't think I have to advertise this because they're pretty much selling out everywhere they're going but i think they have more tour dates so if you have a chance i would certainly recommend that people go see them if you haven't heard of thursday and you like post-hardcore screamo type music you have to go back and listen to their music because they are so fucking good do you think maybe bert from the used could take notes i think bert from the used could take notes from a lot of people (laughs) Mostly on not being a dick. <laughs> true but that, true that's enough. a that's a side story. That's yep, a side yep. story. But no, it's <laughs> there are certain post hardcore bands from back in the day that really shaped a lot of the music that I listen to and the music that I love. And mm-hmm. they're one of them for sure. And it was just really cool to see a band not lose it over time. To see a band that even after all this time is doing so well. And I don't think they're putting out new music. I don't think they're going to make another album or anything like that. But we don't need that when the tour is so good. Absolutely. And I mean, it goes to show that if you just take care of yourself and you practice as much as you can, you can do not even just music, but almost anything even into older age. What What a message. Absolutely. You can do almost anything. I like the positivity. Well, I even saw there had to have been a guy that was in his late 70s rocking out and yelling all the words. Yep. Which is insane wow. because that means he was listening to them when they were, when he was like 50, 60 years old. <laughs> hey man, some guys, some guys even into old age want new music. I mean, to be quite honest, even though I don't want to live that long, if I do, then I want to be listening to good music. Absolutely. Because, like, I don't know, when you think of, like, a 50- or 60-year-old man now, you think he just listens to, like, 70s rock. So it's kind of just cool when you see a guy that's that age, but he's listening to, like, even, like, semi-modern music. Wow. That was really weird, but you said semi-modern music, right? 
Yeah. All right. There was some weird roboticness that happened there. <laughs> My bad. We well, are. It's not your fault. It happens. Called... Yeah. But you're absolutely right, man. So unless there's anything else, I'm just going to tell people once again, look, if you've never heard of Thursday, go back. I'm not saying you have to listen front to back right away, but at least listen to Cross Out the Eyes. Listen to that song. Listen to War All the Time or Paris and Flames. Just look up those tracks. And if you don't like them, you probably won't like, you know, a whole lot more, but at least that will give you a taste of what they are. For sure. All right. Time to move on to our favorite part of the show. All right, everyone, favorite time of the show means it is album review time. We have a ton of albums to go through, but some of them were like really short EPs, so it's not the biggest of deals, but we're going to start tonight with the band CU Space Cowboy. Now, this did not come out this week. It was on our list of things to do, but I think it got like pushed back from January. Like, we never got to it, but I think it came right. out in January, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Spotify said that it's uh, January or February, but, yeah. you know, just not this month. <laughs> yeah, we never got to talk about it. So, See You Space Cowboy, all one word, Songs for the Firing Squad on Pure Noise Records. This is hardcore. It's their debut album. 13 tracks. All tracks are under two minutes. Yeah. No track that goes over two minutes. Yeah. It is. Yeah, and... Go ahead. I was going to say, and I feel like their song titles are longer than the songs themselves. For sure. They have that old school emo post-hardcore song structure title thing that they do, for sure. So, yeah, crazy anarchy, crazy screaming, fast-paced chaos. It's fun, but obviously it's over pretty quickly, like me when I have sex. But, um, see, I told you the jokes were coming later. Oh-ho! Hey-o. So, hey <laughs> James, there was a pretty funny title that you wanted to mention, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, when I was listening to this album, I messaged Ian. I was like, I'm fairly confident that CU Space Cowboy listens to Ian Hates Music because they have a song titled, An Introduction for People Who Hate Introductions. <laughs> now, I wish that had been <laughs> the first track, though. Then that would have made sense, you know what I mean? Right, because the first track is, I'm looking at the album on Spotify now, and the first track is 911 Call, Help, I've Overdosed on Philosophy. There you go. See, it's very old school, emo, all that kind of stuff, which I like. Personally, I know there are you know dipshits out there that don't like it, but I like that kind of thing. Because what does it matter? So you put a one you know, a one word title or a two word title, and it's like the same exact thing that some other band did. They might not be technically original because it might be a reference to something, but at least it's something different. Sure. And I just want to point out, I know we're talking all about the song titles. I just want to point out that my favorite one is You Don't Understand the Liquor is Calling the Shots Now, Randy Bobandy, because ah. that's a re that's a reference from Trailer Park Boys. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, I was reading that. I was like, holy shit, that's a Trailer Park Boys reference. I liked, I think it was pep talk from a nihilist yeah yeah, yeah i like yeah. that i like that 
So yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't know what else to say. It's fun, hardcore, with a little bit of post-hardcore, maybe. But they're just fast, chaotic songs. It's everything's less than two minutes. The album's done in like thirty minutes or whatever. And it's that's eighteen minutes. Eight, oh, there you go. Sorry, it wasn't even. So eighteen minutes. This whole album's done. It's just a fun listen, and it's a crazy listen. And I don't know what else you want to say. Yeah, and I'm not gonna pick on Span too hard since it's like their debut album. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I do like this style of hardcore. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, I feel like a band like Vane does it a lot better. Well, they're also doing like longer songs and they're adding yeah. in like, you know, fucking electronics and shit to their music too. I don't know. I just think this is just a straight up pure, fun, crazy hardcore band. Sure. And yeah, that's why I said I'm not going to pick on it too hard because I do think if this is their debut album, I think they have a lot of potential to, to grow as a band. Yeah, I want to so. see them live. Yeah, me too. So once again, that's CU Space Cowboy, all one word. Songs for the Firing Squad on Pure Noise Records. Now we've got Zebrahead, Brain Invaders, on MFZB slash Rude Records. This is punk, aggressive pop punk, ska, and hip hop yeah. all together. This is their 13th album. This band wow. has been around since the mid 90s, which is crazy to think about. This album is 14 tracks. There are fun sing alongs at time, especially the track We're Not All Right is very catchy. A lot of it's very catchy, fast paced. You know, it's fun jump around stuff. What do you think, James? I'm just going to say this right now. Uh-oh. Uh, I think I... What's up? <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. I'm just going to say this right now. Because uh, I think I said this with uh, Millen Colin a few weeks ago. I, I would love to mute the TV and play Tony Hawk to this album. Right. I think my, my thing that I thought right away, I would expect them to be on every American Pie soundtrack album. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, too, um, I don't know if this would be a compliment from you, but it's a compliment from me. But there are certain moments that reminded me of Sublime. Yes, I could hear that. But yeah, you guessed right. I do not like that band. Okay, then that's another difference between us. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. Look, I I get a couple of their songs, but in general, I also don't like Ska. Sure. Like at all. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think Ska is fine because... I think the best uh, description of Sky I've ever heard is it's like the audio representation of a middle school boy getting extra mozzarella sticks. Sure. That's not bad. <laughs> I, so, I, can, I can see that. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so, there's yeah. like a big mix of like, they'll go from one song, which is like straight up pop punk. The next one is Ska. And then the next one, Ska mixed with hip hop. And then they just go back and forth. And it's really weird. But... I understand why they've been around this long. I get why. I'm sure their shows are very fun. I've never seen Zebrahead live, but I get it. It's just for me, it was more like, okay, I'll know within the first like 20 seconds whether or not this song is for me. But then the next one, I'd be like, ah, no, I could definitely skip this. And then you go on to the next thing. Yeah. And and like you said, I was just really surprised that they've been around since the 90s. Yeah. They've been around for a fucking long time. 
So if anyone's up for all the craziness, it's Zebrahead Brain Invaders on MFZB slash Rude Records. For sure. We've got a couple of EPs that are kind of short here. We're going to start with Savage After Midnight, 1159. It's an EP, and it's on Red Music slash Sony Music Entertainment. I would put this at Radio Rock, maybe a little bit more aggressive Radio Rock at times. There are five tracks. It starts with electronics, which worried me, but then the rest of it was pretty fine, so I was good with that. There's a bunch of sing-along parts. It's really easily digestible. So even though there is like some shouting, some screaming from time to time, I put this as Radio Rock because I see this band opening up for Chevelle, Breaking Benjamin. Like I see this band, it's crazy to have like just one EP basically. I see them yeah. opening for arena bands. Yeah, I'm just going to say it, man. Like this music wasn't bad, but... I was even as like the the joking you all, you guys always joke that I'm like the radio rock guy. Um, <laughs> I just I don't know I was underwhelmed by this to be honest with you. Like like I said it wasn't bad but I don't know just what what, what were your thoughts about it? Like more, what were you thinking? So I think when I first heard it, I was like, eh, I could probably do without this. But then. I obviously, like we do, we listen to these albums multiple times, and it grew on me. I think when it really got me, I think the track was called Heartless Machine. It was either that or King, where Heartless Machine, I think, is probably their best track, and that one showed me what they could be, but they don't have to do that because a track like 10 Feet Tall is going to get on the radio, and then they're going to make a shit ton of money. Right. And like, I don't know. When people ask me why I like radio rock, I really don't have like a definitive answer. Like, there's just some bands that I really like, and then there's other bands that like, yeah, I see where they were going, but this really just isn't for me. And unfortunately, Savage After Midnight is the latter. I think you're gonna see in the future that they're gonna be one of your favorite bands. I'm putting that. I'm putting that out <laughs> you know there what? right now. All right, let's do it. <laughs> because I was surprised, like. I can hear why they're going to be popular. And there's a reason why they're on Sony. It's because Sony hears how they're going to be popular too. Oh yeah. I think that at first I was like I was expecting more from like a Sony band, but then I realized that it's Sony music and this is what's selling right now in the rock world. So yeah. No, this no, band's going to be made huge. sense after I thought about it. Yeah. I would say check it out for sure. I mean, check out all these bands anyways, but I think you'll find some things you like on here. It's Savage After Midnight, 1159. It's an EP, and it's on Red Music slash Sony Music Entertainment. Even you 
Now we've got Black Coast, Ill Minds Volume 2. It's an EP, and they're on Primordial Records. This is hardcore metal, metalcore from the UK. It's their third EP. This is five tracks, and I'm going to skip one thing, and then we're going to go back to it. But there are unclean, harsh vocals pretty much throughout this entire EP here. And I like, I actually really like this band. I was surprised because they're not really bringing anything extremely new to the table. But to me, they sounded like a, like the way While She Sleeps used to sound. Okay. So I appreciated that a lot. I thought they're, you know, music uh, musically, I thought they were very good. Like, I think they're technically proficient. So I enjoyed mm-hmm. that as well. I think the only thing that I didn't like was that on a five-track EP, on the second track, they put an interlude. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, because, well, it's so misplaced. If you're going to put an interlude in on a five-track EP, then you do it either the first track or the last track. You don't get people moving and like, wow, this is really good, and then go into an interlude. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I liked it. I just, and I'm looking like they're on my radar now. Like I look forward to hearing other things that will be coming out. They had, like I said, they have that old school while she sleeps sound, which I enjoy. I just wanted more. And maybe that was the point is that now they're going to be like, yeah, now we can do a full length. Now we can do another EP, whatever they want to do. Sure. Yeah. I thought the singer was very talented. I thought the music was pretty fast and aggressive, which I like in this style of music. Yeah. And I thought the guitar work in particular was actually really good. So I agree. just all around together, I thought this was a good release. Yeah. The only problem is there's just not as much to talk about because really yeah. it's four songs. <laughs> so I hope people check this out. I hope they have you know new music coming very soon. So until then, check out Black Coast, Ill Minds Volume 2. It's an EP and they're on Primordial Records. All right, James, so we're actually going to talk about some really good albums, so I don't want to ruin that. So let's go to the really fucking bad album. Okay. And it pains me to say that because I really like this band. But we are talking about Our Last Night, Let Light Overcome. It's definitely a fucking EP. Anyone that says this is a full album, is it's ridiculous. It's an EP, and it's an independent release. This is poppy, post-hardcore radio nonsense. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> listen, I'm gonna let you rail into it in a second. Okay. Because I, because I know you're the actual fan here, but I'm not <laughs> a fan of our. I'm not a fan of our last night. Really? Wow. I, I have tried many times, but, uh, I just, I think, <laughs> like, I think my very first episode, I joked that I love the uh the, their cover of Who Let the Dogs Out. You did. You I, did. <laughs> but obviously, we all know that that was a terrible cover. Yeah. And I'm going to be real. That's how I feel about most, if not all, of their covers. I wait, just... wait, wait. Even their old school ones? Here's the thing. I don't know any old Our Last Night. I only know, like, 2014 and beyond. All right. So... I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to make some recommendations to you off air then. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah, I should clarify that. I've only heard anything Our Last Night has done since, like, 2014, maybe 2013 at the earliest. So maybe sure. if I checked out the old stuff, maybe I'd be a fan. I think you would be. I honestly do. But I okay. get it. All right. So do you want me to go off or do you still have more stuff? <laughs> I'm just going to say this album blows. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, look, <laughs> That's all I, I got to say. I'll at least tell at least, wow, I think my voice cracked. I'll at least tell people that this is, I believe, their seventh album, technically. Okay. I think this is their seventh album. This has eight tracks in it. And one's an interlude. So fuck you, it's an EP. That's just the way it goes, all right? So look, it starts with all the singles. So I think we got three singles, maybe four. I think it was three. And all those songs, to me, sounded better than their previous material, but only because they had screaming in it again, which they haven't done in a really long time. Yeah, like I was going to say, like, I think I talked to you um, today and I was just like, this is just another album where like the decent to good songs were the singles. Yeah. And they just fooled us all. They really (laughs) did. And now I know there are people out there that really like this, but we're going to get into, I think, why they really like this. So now those songs still aren't nearly as good as anything they've done in the past. It's just they went back to doing clean vocals and then unclean vocals, and it was an actual dynamic that they haven't done for like a few albums now. So that's what interested me about that. But then when you get in, like it's almost funny, The one of the singles, uh, Bury, or we should say Bury the Hatchet, because yeah. we talked about that, Bury the Hatchet, sounds like a sugary, sweet version of an Ice Nine Kills song. Yeah, I could see that. It's so weird because, but Ice Nine Kills would do it better. So, you know what I mean? So that was weird with a single and everything. But then you get into a song called Castle in the Sky, and it honestly might be their worst song ever. And it's very rare that I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, it's very rare that I say that about a band, but I think it might be their absolute worst song ever because the lyrics are terrible, the addition of electronics. They're making those vocals so robotic that it doesn't fit their style whatsoever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I just, I really, I really tried with this album, man. I just, I just couldn't. (laughs) No, no, I get it. But believe me, I still have more to go. Okay. (laughs) A lot more to go on this fucking shit garbage album. So then you get into bleed for you, which for one is a dumb song title anyways. But okay. it sounds like a poppy club song. It's very new Amity Affliction, which I despise. Mm. And then they shoehorn words in. And this goes for a lot of the songs, actually. But you know what shoehorning a word means, right? Does that just mean like putting a word in there that just doesn't work? Or? Well, it can work. But in order to fit into the melody, you change how the word sounds in order to make oh. it fit. And they, oh, sure, do that, sure, yeah, yeah. they do that song... Uh, I, the whole and I forget how they said it. I should have like memorized and done it. But they say for a while now, multiple times in that specific song, and it doesn't fit. You can't yeah. do it. Like it doesn't work. They're shoehorning, so it sounds really fucking dumb. It sounds juvenile. It sounds immature. And a band that has this much talent, who has been around for so long, it's embarrassing to put an album out like this. 
Sure. That's that's a tough part. But then you get into Soul Speak, and Soul Speak has some of the worst lyrics I've ever heard from them as well. Like, how do you not get douche chills by saying, <laughs> like, they're literally saying or screaming sometimes, I can't let my soul speak. Like, that's a real thing. Like, that's something you might say when you're in fucking eighth grade to get laid. Yeah, right. Like, this is on the level of really bad escape the fate. I mean, at this point, it's their demographic are people in eighth grade, so. But it shouldn't be, though. Like, <laughs> they're an older band, technically. Yeah. They still have young people in the band, but they've been around for a really long time. What I also like is they're independent, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I'll say allegedly, but I'm pretty sure Trevor, the guy who sings and screams, he goes off on alt press all the time because they're a band that has not been given their due from the industry. So, mm. but what what kind of saddens me about this is it almost seems by like, I can only imagine this is selling out. And I know people hate to hear that, but this is the kind of album that a really shitty label would pick up because they're going to do very well with it. Yeah, I just... I'll let you go ahead because I really don't got anything to say. <laughs> no, I mean I'm still gonna rip it apart a little bit. But and yeah. then you get into the last track, it's one it's a terrible, terrible track. The scary part about this is I also saw that this is only part one. There's another EP coming out soon. I don't know if it's soon, but there's another EP coming out that's gonna be part two of this garbage. Oh boy. So the only thing I can hope and be positive about is maybe they got rid of all their shitty songs on this one. And then the next one, they go back to what they are because this band is way too good to be putting out garbage water like this. I mean, as we see, especially in movies, like sequels either make things better or they make things a lot worse. And most of the time, it's a lot worse. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, man, I... I just don't get it. I was looking forward to this. I like the people in the band. I think they deserve a lot better than what they get. But when you put this kind of shit out, it makes me think, okay, if this is the way you wanted to be a long time ago, then I wouldn't have supported for as long as I did. Like when I saw them do their 10 year anniversary show, it was one of still, it's in like my top 10, top 20 best ever concerts I've been to. Sure. They're a really, really talented band. And when a talented band does not put out their whole, like when they don't put their heart into something, I I felt no passion whatsoever in this album. Right. And I mean, I guess maybe, I mean, because like I said, I'm not really a fan of this band, but maybe to play devil's advocate a little bit, I... Or I'm the devil. (laughs) To play devil's advocate just a tiny bit, I will say that even some of the best bands of all time you know, they all have that one bad album, at sure. least, you know, at least one. Right. And maybe this will be a wake up call for uh, our last night. Because, I mean, I think we saw that with All That Remains whenever they put out yeah, that, that's true. that album in 2017. And the Internet was just like, this is terrible. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And then Suicide Silence. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, if the reception to this album is generally like not good. I think this maybe could be a wake up call for them. I mean, because I don't follow anyone else, I don't know if it's been getting bad reviews. I would hope that it definitely would be so that they would know, Hey, we shouldn't do this. But my thought is probably people really like it. One of the things I don't like recently, you know how we talk about like 
internet scams and social media scams a lot with bans and follow, unfollow, like all that bullshit. One of the reasons why I don't follow our last night is because they do this bullshit recently where they make you take a picture of, you know, Spotify or whatever that you're listening to their music on. You take a picture and you put it on their page and they say, oh, if you do that, we'll follow you back. And they Mm. don't. They don't do Uh. that. So if you're a fan of them and you don't care and you're showing them, hey, I'm listening, that's cool. But don't expect to follow back from them because that's a scam. Yeah, that, that's kind of false advertising, man. <laughs> it's exactly false advertising. Well, it's literally <laughs> lying. That's what it yeah. is. I mean, they might follow a couple people, I'm sure. But when they say yeah. we'll follow everybody that does this and then they don't, that's just, you know, that's shitty. So that's what they do right now. But holy shit, man, just, I, just don't take this as a representation of the band because <laughs> they are much better than this. Sure. And I maybe, maybe I'm just being a little hard on them because... Uh, this is, I mean, I've heard like singles and covers in the past, but this was the first Our Last Night record I've heard like front to back. Oh, so ouch. maybe that, maybe that's why I'm just like, this band fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll give you some recommendations because they are very, very talented and they used to be good songwriters. I'm just, I'm hoping beyond hope that they get back to something that made them real and made them a band that you could really like and enjoy, go see live and enjoy yourself. But if this is any indication, if they continue down this road, that's it for me, for sure. Sure, sure, I can see that. So once again, that's Our Last Night, Let Light Overcome. It's an EP, and it's an independent release. Now we've got Youth Fountain, Letters to Our Former Selves, and this is on Pure Noise Records. This is aggressive pop punk slash post-hardcore from Canada. This is their debut full-length album, 12 tracks. There is an intro that's like 30 seconds long, and then it goes on to another song. There are a couple songs that are very short, you know, around like the two-minute mark or so, but I think the big thing people need to know is that this 12-track album contains the first five tracks of their original debut EP. Huh. So I didn't know that because I'd never heard that initial EP. And then I looked at the EP, and then I looked at song titles, and I was like, holy shit. And yeah, so maybe they didn't get a whole lot of traction with that EP originally. So they put together, there have been other bands that have done this. Picturesque did this, a, a few other bands have also done it so they still want to get some either money or some you know some time out of the tracks that they think are good they'll put it on here because i don't know if they were on pure noise at the time of their first ep yeah that i wouldn't know so that's that's the big thing just so people know if you were a fan from a long time ago you're like wow debut album this is gonna be great well half of that isn't going to be i mean it might still be great to you but it's not new to you so that's just to let people know but by the way this is actually a duo it's just the two main guys so i think when you see a music video where they have people playing around them or i guess on tour i think those are just fill-in musicians okay that's pretty interesting i've never really heard of 
I mean, I'm sure they exist, but the only duo, the other duo that I know of is... Don't uh, say six, it. Oh, okay. Uh, 68. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't. No, I, <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I won't say uh, 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 68. It's uh, Josh Josh Gogan, who used to be in Norma Jean and the yep. Chariot. Yeah, right. So, yeah, this is uh-huh. a little bit different. I mean, I was... Now, I don't think their music is that different, but this sure. being, you know, them being a duo is different. But what I liked about it is... The two vocalists play very well off of each other and they complement each other very well because one has like a lot of grit, you know, some harshness to his vocals, the one who plays guitar. And then the lead vocalist, he's got more of that cleaner kind of cut to his sound, but he's not like overly high or anything like that. It just works really well. Sometimes they harm, you know, sometimes they harmonize, sometimes they're just playing off of each other. And I think it does work really, really well. Yeah, I mean, dude, like, don't get me wrong. This is a good album. I it's just it's just aggressive pop punk. Like that's just really all I know what to say about it. Because um, personally, like, I'm not like super into pop punk. Like oh. I like like I I do like some pop punk, but like it's more of I would like to go see this live. Sure. And you know if this get if this gets puts on put on like shuffle on my phone. You know that's fine too, but like it's not too often that I that I go out of my way to listen to like a pop punk album from front to back. You know, unless you count like Blink One Eighty Two as a pop punk band. Meh, not really, not anymore. So, <laughs> like Blink One Eighty Two is like the only one that I ever really got into. Um, and you know that's if you consider them pop punk. Uh, but if you do like pop punk, then this is a really good album for you because I mean, if I like it and I'm not even that big into it, like. If you're a fan of pop punk, you know, I, I could see you're really liking this. So Yeah. Well, let me go get my gun really quick and defend pop punk for a little bit. <laughs> so I I get that some people will be like, oh, this band isn't really like bringing anything new to the table. They're not, you know, are they are doing the exact same thing as other aggressive pop punk bands like the story so far, like, you know, people like that. I totally get it. But I guess for me, when I hear passion in a band, sure. when I hear aggressive pop punk being done well, that's when I have no complaints about anything. So for me, it's just like, look, sure, it's pop punk, but I don't need every single band that I like to change their sound so that people can go, oh, well, they changed their sound. You should take a listen to them. Like I I don't understand that because I actually did. I, I looked around after you know I did my review. I, I wrote down my notes. And I went to see what some other people were thinking about this because I hadn't heard of Youth Fountain until we played one of the singles on the show. So I was like, let me see what other people are saying. And there were some reviews that were just complete trashing this because they didn't bring anything new to the table. Not everything needs to be fucking new. It just needs to be done well. And I think they did it really well. So there aren't that many pop punk bands anymore that have two vocalists working off of each other that well. Like Mayday Parade used to be amazing when they had two vocalists that were dedicated to working off of each other and you know doing the harmonization. I used to right. love that. Like I miss that in Mayday Parade. So when you get a band that is putting the time and the effort to do that, that is different to me. They're they're sure they're making pop punk. But really, would that would that have been good if there were electronics in it? Why does everyone think that everyone has to like up their game and add electronics into things for it to be considered different? It's fucking pop punk. 
Right. And dude, like I, I'm totally with you there. Like if you if you're one of those people that says like, uh, Oh, uh, an album has to, or a band has to be different, like from the crowd for it to be good. Like just, just fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like, so it's like for me, like the reason why I'm not bashing on this super hard is because like, like you said, I, I mean, like, like, like I said, I do like this album. And yep. like you said, there is a lot of passion in this. And so like, the reason I don't get mad is because all of you know that I'm super into new metal and I'm still jamming that fucking Blood Youth album. That yeah. album really didn't bring many new things to the table, but I love the passion in it. Right. And I love the sound. So like if you like pop punk and you like passion, you like you'll like this album. It doesn't need to be fucking new. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. I think I mean, I think that's the thing about people that review stuff anyways, is like we do the show and we review things to be able to talk about the things that we really like. Obviously, we just ripped apart our last night, but that's because that's a really shitty album. Right. If they had come back and they had done something that was great post-hardcore, I wouldn't have been like, oh shit, you know, our last night is still doing the same thing. They really got to pick up their game. No, I would have been like, holy shit, this is a great album. I'm completely fine with this. This is why it's good. Why can't people like... I know people, I, you know what, I even shouldn't, I shouldn't even talk. I shouldn't even say, because I'm not going to start criticizing critics because, you know, we talk about music and we give our reviews. I happen to do mine a different way than a lot of other people. I'm not looking to rip apart an album. I'm looking to talk about the good things and be honest and open about the style of music I like, just like you were. You said, yep. I'm not really a huge pop punk fan. But I like this album. I am a huge pop punk fan, and I like this album. I just don't need new. I, I don't know what this quote unquote new thing is when it makes music sound shitty. Right. I don't want it then. I want good music like this, and I don't care if they happen to sound like some of the people that influence them. It doesn't matter to right. me. Right. Right. And I don't use this logic a whole lot just because I think it could be a cop out sometimes. But in this in this case, I will use this logic. If you are so set on complaining about the fact that there's no mu- no new music, how about you write a fucking album and see how hard it is? Sure. And look, and I don't get into that a whole lot because look, I'm a failed musician. You're still a musician. Like I can I I can sing vocals, I can do all that kind of stuff. I can play guitar mediocrely. It didn't work okay. out for me. I wrote a lot of songs. I thought a lot of them were good, but I never, you know, got a placement of where I wanted my music, but I don't know. I just want people to make good music. So exactly. <laughs> I had the foresight to be like, well, I don't have the ability to make good music like that. So I'm not in a band anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like, I don't know. People just really take for granted how hard it is to actually write good music. <laughs> for sure. But let me also, and I think you agree with this as well. Otherwise, I don't think you'd be on the show. But that does not mean that people that no longer make music or even people that have never made music don't have the right to talk about the music they want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Everybody has the right to their own opinion. Like, if you think I'm a fucking asshole, you can think I'm a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like, that's your right. Um, Yeah, for sure. But it's also my right to respond to the fact that you think I'm an asshole. Oh, for sure. You know, I've had fucking shit dicks online that are like, oh, you're reviewing music, but you don't make your own. Put out your own music. It's like, I did that before. Right. Like, this isn't this isn't new to me. You're not scaring me by saying, oh, no, you can't make music. Like, I already did that. Right. I already fucking did it. So it doesn't matter. I can still talk about music if I want to. The amount of help and the amount of support 
and I'll say we right now, James, because you're a little newer, but if you just look at the entire shows, how long this show has been, you know, not on the air, but as a podcast, the mm. amount of bands we've helped and supported along the way, it's immeasurable. Absolutely. So fuck off if you think that because I'm not currently making music that I can't, you know, put a, an opinion out there. Like, it's ridiculous. So, right. yeah. I just say, just, I, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and just because of the fact that I still am making music doesn't make my opinion any more valuable. Right, right. I mean, I appreciate like, your our opinion. Our opinions are equal. Yeah, exactly. Right, our opinions are equal. Yeah, that's, a, that's the way it works. So I see other reviewers sometimes, you know, that's their thing is, oh, no, this band who's doing metalcore, this band post-hardcore, pop-punk, whatever, what are they bringing new to the table? Now, I have certainly said that sometimes a band might not stand out in a very crowded scene. I've certainly said that, but that yeah. does not mean that they're a bad band, and that's after I've talked about all the good points and whatnot about the band themselves. I think that Youth Fountain can actually stand out because they've still got the two-singer dynamic going. Absolutely. So anyways, fuck everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> go, go listen <laughs> to Youth Fountain. I think it'll be worth your time for sure. So once again, it's Youth Fountain, Letters to Our Former Selves, and they're on Pure Noise Records. Now, we've got another veteran band. It's Children of Bodom, Hexed, on Nuclear Blast Records. This is Finnish. It sounds weird to say it, right? It's Finnish. Finnish. Melodic metal. This is their 10th album. They've been around since the early 90s, so they're still going strong. Now, I can't say I'm an expert on, I'm going to call them COB, all right? I, I I can't yeah I can't say I can't say I'm a Cobb expert all right <laughs> but I've always respected their work but I don't really go that deep into their discography but I like them you know what I mean yeah yeah this was actually kind of like how In Flames was last week this is like my introduction to Children of Bodom because gotcha. they were another band that I always knew about but never gave them the the proper checkout sure. But I knew about the, the parody band, Children of Batman. <laughs> ah, who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this track, at least the deluxe version that I listened to, had 14 tracks on it. And yeah. just, I mean, the thing you got to say right away is really fucking great guitar work. Oh, yeah. These guys are, these guitarists are crazy talented. Crazy. And it's melodic and it's technical. And what I feel is they're they're telling a story through their guitar playing. Oh, absolutely. Like You can literally just feel their emotions through their, through their guitar. And that takes a special kind of band to be able to pull that off. Now, it does happen a lot in melodic metal. It's kind of part of the genre for sure. But they do sure. it so fucking well that even without the singer actually singing anything, you're feeling what's happening in the music. And then add on to that really awesome guitar solos. Absolutely. Yeah, this is my favorite album of the, re of the week, actually. Holy shit. Yep. Damn, son. They, yep, the Children of Bodom has that, took that honor this week. <laughs> well, I definitely like it a lot, too. That's why we saved it towards the end, for sure. But yeah, man, unclean, raspy vocals pretty much throughout. There's some really great, really driving, you know, dynamic tracks on this album as well. 
And really, man, it's just another great effort from the vets. Like, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, honestly, I if they can be around for this long and still make music this good, I, I hope they stick stick around for even another 20 years. Yeah, I'd like to see them live, too. I think I might have one time before, but I would like to see them again live. Sure, yeah. I'd, uh, likewise, I'd love to see them live. So, yeah. So, everyone check this out for sure. Just like all the albums, even ones we don't like. Make sure you check this out. And then maybe dip you know, back into their discography a little bit. I mean, they have plenty for you to listen to, so why not yep. take the chance to, you know? Absolutely. So once again, that's Children of Bodom, Hexed, and it's on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, we are ending tonight with the band Holding Absence. It is also a self-titled album, Holding Absence, and they are on Sharp Tone Records. This is emo, post-hardcore from Wales, 11 tracks. It opens with an ambient sound that goes into a full song, and then they have one kind of interlude. It's called Purge, but it's still not that bad. Sure. I mean, for me, this was like good old-fashioned sad boy music like holy shit i was sad listening oh for to this. sure yeah but well, but I not like sad in like a bad way right right like i actually this is the sad boy music i would want to listen to when i'm sad exactly so exactly like it, yeah. i'm not it won't make me sad no 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 but yeah this yeah. is their debut album and i knew i'd been waiting for this for a while because they kind of started to pick up some steam. They were releasing these really good singles. Like they were getting a buzz around them. So I knew I was waiting for this album for a while. And for me, they certainly didn't disappoint. This is, if we're doing album of the week type stuff, this is my album of the week. Okay. So I really enjoyed it. They're another great band that is able to set the mood. You know, you talk about sad boy music. They did a very <laughs> good job of setting the mood in this album. Pretty much like... I kind of relate it to Boston Manor's previous album, Welcome to the Neighborhood. They're very okay. good at setting a mood in that. And even though the mood's not exactly the same, Holding Absence uses so much atmospheric work. And then also, I don't know, like they use electronics the right way. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to comment too that I usually don't notice drumming. Like, that's not usually the first thing I notice in albums. Ah. But holy crap, this guy could drum. Yeah, there's some really good drumming in this. That is for sure. Yeah. And then clean and unclean vocals. And I loved the way the unclean vocals were strained. Whenever yeah. he was straining for something, it almost added, like, to me, I almost think of that as more passion. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Like, you either can't control what you're doing because you need to get it out or it's just such a cool technique to use especially in this style of music well like when yeah like i i really like strained vocals because you just like f you literally can feel the emotion they're tr he's trying to portray in the music yeah that's the way i feel too so it works perfectly when you're doing emo post hardcore they are great at slowing it down at the right times great use of piano great use of keys like, to me, this this album's definitely going on the tracker for best of the year. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. There's no doubt about it. 
to me, it just it hit everything perfectly the way I would want it to, especially because I'm such a big fan of post-hardcore. So when you get a band that can hit this the way they did, they just do it so fucking well. Everything from the the instrumentation just like pulls you into their world. The vocals are so damn good. The right, and I, I can't stress this enough, the right use of electronics to comp like not compensate because that's the wrong the wrong word. To yeah. why am I why am I uh missing this word here? Compliment. Yes, thank you very much. I guess I don't get enough James, I don't get enough compliments in my life. So Hey man, it's all right. I just forget it. But I don't that, either. Oh, see that that would have been a nice time to compliment me, but I, uh, I totally You're agree. you're a very handsome dude, Ian. Oh, thank you so much, man. You as well. <laughs> Thanks. See, look at this. Wow, what a great show so, we are. Support your homies. That's right. That is absolutely <laughs> right. The electronics complement the music. And that I thought was what they were supposed to do. But then you see other bands that just throw them in at random points. They have it, you know, way too much in their music. But holding absence know exactly what they're doing with that. The blending, the mixing, all that stuff works so well with this album. I, I can't say enough good things. I really enjoyed multiple listens through this. It's exactly what I needed. Yeah. I mean, it takes true talent to just make an album that works. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just like, you know, when the guitars are just right, the drumming's just right, you know, the electronics slash backtracks are just right. Mm -hmm. That really takes a lot of hard work and dedication. And I really think these guys hit it on the nail with this. Yeah. No, it's very, very true. And for a debut album as well, oh, yeah. that's really fucking good. So I know they originally were supposed to have that tour with Capsides. Obviously, that's not happening. Hopefully, yeah. they will show up in the States at some point because I would love to see this band live. I think they're going to be one of the next big things for sure. Oh, yeah. With them being on Sharp Tone Records, I think it's only a matter of time before they start getting some buzz. Yeah, I look at this as the trajectory that Boston Manor had. For sure. I think by their I think by their sophomore album they'll be, you know, a name to be reckoned with. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So everyone make sure you go out, support these guys. It's holding absence with their self-titled album, and they're on Sharp Tone Records. All right, man, let's see what we've got for next week. I'm looking at the schedule here. We've got Angel Dust, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Fallujah, Forever Still, Never Loved, and then a band that I'm a big fan of, the band Varsity, had their new EP, Black, coming out, and it's an independent release. You should all check that out for sure. I've been listening to that for a while. And then... There is another band that has an album coming out, but I have not decided if we are going to cover it or not. Yeah, yeah, you told me a little bit, bit about that, but I'll let you decide. It's one of those things where I really enjoy supporting bands, and I enjoy putting their names out there and everything, but when their management is so fucking stupid mm. to do really shitty things behind the scenes that do not help their band, then sometimes you have to show people like we're not going to give you promotion then. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all all, all is fair in love and war, as I say. 
I don't. That's very cliche and stupid. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, guys? It's just I've learned it's just easier not to argue with Ian because you'll never win. But they love it when you argue. <laughs> All right, you're fucking stupid. Ah, oh, <laughs> I've lost. Oh no, <laughs> my feelings are hurt. <laughs> my feelings have been, they have been damaged. All right. Well, look. Somehow this show was still longer than I thought it was going to be. But we are all set for this week, so we are going to go to the end of the show. If you think we're going to kiss your ass since you get a good review in your magazine, well, you're mistaken, my friend. Take a self-righteous poser, wannabe writer, candy-ass pencil. Shove it up your ass! Shove it up your ass, you punk! Shove it up your ass! All right, James, it is end of the show time. Please let us know any plugs you might have. Yeah. Um, so I am back on social media. I've just decided hey. that yeah, I've just decided that it's better to limit my time with it rather than cut it loose altogether. And it's been working out well so far. So there you go. Hopefully it works out uh, that way. But if you want to follow me on any of the socials, uh, message me and um so I will say, if if you do like DM me and say like, "Hey, I love the show," I will immediately follow you. <laughs> I just, I just, there's this thing where I've had a lot of trouble in the past of people that I think are nice people following me, and then I follow them back, and then like a day later, they're not following me anymore. So I will say, and I'm I'm putting this out right now. If you tell me that you're a fan of Ian Hates Music or you really like what we're doing, you get an immediate follow. I will say that. And, I, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not like our last night. I'm yeah. going to actually follow you. <laughs> right. But remember, um, though, and let's just say this, though. It goes back to what I was saying before. It's not just about bands. James is doing something that takes time. Like what we do, believe it or not, and people are going to laugh, I'm sure, when they hear it, but there's an art to what we do. We're not oh, yeah. perfect, but there's an art that goes into doing this, and we're putting out free material for everyone every single fucking week. So yep. if you follow James and then unfollow, then he's going to unfollow you right back the same way that I do with any band that pulls that bullshit as well. And if you notice, there are certain bands that we never talk about on the show, and that's because my program that tells me who unfollows me continues to make a list of all the people that do that. So it's not even like I'm taking my time out to like write the band's name down. No, it's automatically done for me. So I can go like, oh, this band has a new release? Fuck them. We're not covering it. Yeah, you got to tell me what that program is because I need to install that myself. For sure. And <laughs> I actually, I think I told everybody that before because it doesn't matter which one you have. There are tons of free ones that do it for you. But I think I, I've said it over the years on the show. Everyone, even if you're not a band. You should get one of those programs because if a band's going to do follow, unfollow, they don't deserve you because now you're just a number to them. They're trying to get yeah. their number that they follow down while having the number that follows them up. So fuck that. Yeah. You, there's no reason to do that. So anyways, James, go ahead. Do your plugs. But yeah, for sure. If you do say that you like the show, I'll follow you. As long as you follow me and stay following me, don't pull that bullshit. <laughs> but um, I'm on... Instagram and Twitter at words in the James, uh, W O R D S in the James. And if you want to check out any of my crappy singing, you can find me <laughs> on YouTube 
at James Bozentka, B-O-Z-E-N-T-K-A. There you go. And then, like always, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, at Ian Hates, and on Twitter, at Ian Hates Podcast. And then you can email me, ianhates at gmail.com. So, like I said, there are going to be less Ian Hates conversations because I am doing all the interviewing for Scene Daddy. The new podcast is called Scene Daddy Interviews. But there will be more Ian Hayes conversations coming. It's just not going to be as frequent because I'm already technically doing them for Scene Daddy interviews. So it wouldn't wouldn't make any sense. So if you would like to hear Scene Daddy interviews, we are not putting them on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, any of those places right now. We want people to actually go to the website, scenedaddy.com. It's that easy. And then you click on the podcast link there. And we have three episodes up at the recording of this show. There's the Garrett Russell one. There's Tyler Small from Saving Vice. And then the one that went up today, Braxton Smiley of Hold Close. Some good stuff for you guys to check out. Right. And there's going to be one of the biggest interviews that I have done on either show is probably out right now as a surprise drop but I couldn't say it just in case it didn't happen. So mm. hopefully you actually got two brand new Scene Daddy interviews this week on top of this show. So once again, I'm doing three shows a week again. The suspense is real. It's And it's insane what I'm doing <laughs> as well because I have no fucking free time whatsoever. So yeah, you work really hard, man. Thank you, buddy. And there are even more crazy interviews from Scene Daddy to come. There's someone that you will not believe that I got on the show that isn't even the surprise drop that might have happened. So Is it Fred Durst? Oh my god, you ruined it. <laughs> now I will tell you, I would definitely talk to Fred Durst. There's no Me doubt too. about it. I, I for sure would. I mean, but yeah, but I would have my clothes on. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> me, not me though. No. Not me. You wouldn't have your clothes on. But I would definitely but I would rather talk to Wes Borland. I mean, Fred Durst told me he would skin my ass raw, so he did. I remember that. I remember that from the song. I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just, you wouldn't believe what's coming, but I just want to let you know, scenedaddy.com, you can download the, so the file is yours. You can download it or you can stream it, but we're trying to be different. We don't want to put it out there. We want everyone going to the website and checking all the things out that Scene Daddy has, like the memes and releases and stories and reviews and all that kind of stuff. That's what Scene Daddy brings you all the time. So once again, between Ian Hates and Scene Daddy, you really don't need any more of the scene because we've got it covered. Absolutely. Got it all here, man. Exactly. So James, do you have any final words for everyone? Just keep on rolling, baby. And I will leave you the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. So goodbye to So I'll ride for
有。